the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back to the Bruce Hooley Show. I'm Jack Windsor, filling in for the great Bruce Hooley. Honored to be here with you, and I'm grateful that you're listening. Thank you for choosing us today. Bruce has covered what has been deemed the speaker steal of 23 that removed the gavel from Derek Maron's hands and put it in Jason Stevens's. And the behind-the-scenes work of the 22 Republicans who made it all happen. Now, the 22 have been censured by the Ohio Republican Party, and a double-digit number of county parties have also censured them for their efforts. You'll remember there were allegations that Stevens, quote, made a deal with Democrats to get their support, which sealed his fate as Speaker. One of those alleged deals was punting or stalling on the resolution to require 60% approval to amend the Constitution. Well, that clearly didn't happen, so we're going to dissect that and what it all means now. I've reached out to Speaker Stevens, and I'm waiting to hear back. Hopefully, he can join us tomorrow. I'll keep you updated. But today, we have State Representative Derek Marin. Representative Marin, welcome to the Bruce Hooley Show. How are you today, sir? I'm doing great, Jack. Thanks for having me on. Hey, thanks for carving time out of your day to be here. I really appreciate it. Key question for you. Um, what are you reading right now? You read any good books? Anything interesting? or listening to any great podcast, whether educational or entertaining? You know, I watch a lot of stuff online. I'm into, I'm into real estate, so I, I read a lot of different real estate books. Um, I, you know, I study, like, the, our monetary policy and, like, different, uh, you know, banking laws, how they've worked, and, you know, I'm really interested in like, cryptocurrency and that type of stuff. So, uh, yeah, that's some of the, some of the books I been reading. Well, listen, I'm going to go off script for a minute. That, not that we have a script, but you know what I'm saying. Uh, you mentioned something that's kind of been in my mind, and, and since you mentioned it, I'm going to just dive into it for, for a minute. We won't stay here long, but monetary policy and cryptocurrency, uh, everything I've read lends me to believe that the Federal Reserve really wants to control crypto. They don't want anything else. They want to be able to monitor everybody's transactions and, frankly, control them. Uh, are you reading the same things, and do you think that that has legs and that it's actually going to happen? Well, I mean, the governments all across the world always want to control the monetary supply, and the problem is they don't do a very good job at it. And you know, they manipulate the currency and devalue our currency. And you know, inflation is really, um, you know, one of the actually one of the worst tax that we have. And you know, that's what we're experiencing America right now is the devaluation of our money. The $100 in your pocket, you know, a year from now might, might be worth $95 or $90. And you can see how the, the dollar has continually declined and other currencies decline around the world. And um, so it's a, it's a major problem. And, 
you know, certainly deserves and merits uh, close attention by those of us that are trying to protect the free market and protect our our uh, well-earned uh, wealth. Well, you said that your concern is that the value of the dollar, uh, I'll end with this and pivot to the next topic. My concern is that there, that we're going to be burning dollar bills in the street at some point like it's Venezuela. I, I genuinely am concerned that there's going to be an incentive to turn our dollar bills in to go over to crypto and you'll get a premium to do it at first and uh, on down the line it's going to be a discounted rate and then eventually maybe it's going to be illegal to have paper money and then all of a sudden um, every dystopian story starts with that and, and we're there that's my concern but I want to go to what everyone's here to listen to today which is okay. <laughs> you Jason Stevens uh, Senate Joint Resolution 2 look the allegations were that Jason made a deal with Uh, Allison Russo and Democrats. And part of that deal was essentially killing any effort that would require a 60% threshold to amend the constitution. Was there a deal in light of what happened yesterday? And and if so, what went sideways on the deal? Yeah, there, of course there was a deal uh, and Jason fulfilled it. Uh, For the most part, he helped stop the resolution in December and then stopped it in January, preventing it from being on the the May election, and continued to stop it. But you know what changed is there was an enormous coalition um, that rained down on the Ohio House from the state Senate um, to the vast majority of Republicans in the House itself, to the Ohio Republican Party, to outside organizations from pro-life groups to Second Amendment groups to, uh, you know, conservative donors that said, hey, like, this is a huge issue. you got to pass it. And, um, you know, the walls came closing in, and many members, I believe, of, you know, of Jason Stevens' team, um, you know, turned on him and said, listen, you know, you you got to pass this. This is the right thing to do. And, um, you know, he was he had to make a decision. Is he going to, um, you know, continue to side with the Democrats on everything or was he going to, um, you know, listen to his fellow Republicans? So. Interesting. Um, thank you for, for sharing that. One of the things that I predicted was if Jason Stevens puts this to the floor, it gets debated and passed that Russo and the Democrats are going to go apoplectic. And they will probably move to vacate him as speaker. Well, they went apoplectic yesterday, Derek. <laughs> uh, what was that like sitting in the chamber witnessing what happened? Uh, if you can, can you give like a, you know, I, literally sitting in it. What what was that like? It, it, kind of replay that for our listeners. Well, Jack, you may know, and your listeners may know. I, I sit right next to the Democrats. That's where the uh, the speaker has set me. So um, I, I sit right next to him and heard what they were doing and chatted with them. And, you know, they're certainly upset. Uh, you know, there's a lot of different uh, left-wing, you know, organizations that are opposing this. And, you know, I think there's real sincerity among the Democrats that, you know, they uh, they oppose it. They think it's bad policy and they, they think it's going to make it harder for them to, uh, you know, win on uh, policy issues that they can't win on in the legislature or they're going to have difficulty. So they want to try to to use the, um, you know, constitutional ballot initiatives to do that. And, 
that's not necessarily wrong. I mean, that's what they can do right now, but that's what they want to continue to do, and I think they're ramping it up. So, uh, you know, they're upset about it, and they voiced their concern, and they fought hard on the issue, and um, so that's they're that's you know, the deal. Certainly upset. Well, so one of the things that we heard yesterday, loud and clear, was one person, one vote. I'm confused by that. Uh, this actually allows one person to cast one vote either for or against the initiative. And what Democrats seem to have wanted yesterday was for them to decide and not the voters. What what was this one person, one vote thing about? Do you have any clarity on it? Well, that's a that's a kind of a misleading uh, slogan. Um, we, you know, everybody does have one vote. What we're saying is that you're not going to be able to change the Constitution unless you can get six out of ten Ohioans to agree with your idea. And, Jack, what this amendment really is is really a truce among the political establishment and the left and the right, where the the right is not going to be able to amend the Constitution with regard to taxes, guns, abortion with 51 percent of the vote, and the left is not going to be able to do the same thing. Um, you know, I asked the Ohio Education Association, I said, um, which do they adamantly oppose, you know, school choice and school vouchers? I said, do you want um, school vouchers to be enshrined in the Constitution and have to reach a 60 percent threshold? Or do you want them to only have to reach, reach a 51 percent threshold? You know, the obvious is they want them to have to reach a 60 percent threshold mm-hmm. um, so it doesn't potentially happen. If it's a 50 percent, they'll they'll probably lose. And so this works both ways, okay? Mm-hmm. And um, I think when you do things like what we did yesterday, as you say, well, what is the best long-term situation of how we want our governing document to stand for the next 50 years? The Ohio Constitution right now is pretty solid. It protects all of our basic rights. Um, there's really no enormous errors in there. Um, some of them that have probably gotten in there recently is because of outside interests that have you know, barely passed these, passed these initiatives and that are um, confusing the voters. But I go back to this is, this is really a political truce to say, you know, let's basically freeze the Constitution where it's at. There's no major problems with it. And let's do policy through the Ohio Revised Code in elected officials, um, and not through um, you know high stakes, um, you know constitutional amendments, you know every every year. Derek, we have 15 seconds. Uh, does does SJR two pass with voters? Yes or no? I believe it does. Okay, but it will be a, it'll be a real battle. Absolutely. He's Derek Marin. He's a Republican lawmaker from Monclova. And uh, Representative Marin, thank you for joining us today on The Bruce Hooley Show. Hey, thanks for having me. All right, we'll be back right after the break. What a good riff. I enjoy that one, too. Doing a great job back there, Jeff. Thank you. 98.9 FM, The Answer in Columbus, 94.5 FM in Dayton. The Bruce Hooley Show. I'm Jack Windsor filling in for the Bruce Hooley. It's an honor to be here. Thank you for listening. 
guess who else is here? He's my friend. He's a colleague. He's a Salem Radio Network personality, podcast partner on Talking Smack with Bob and Jack. He's Bob France of Always Right, right Radio, which is aired on AM 1420 in Cleveland. Bob France, welcome to the Bruce Hooley Show. How are you today, brother? Well, I'm trying to figure out, do you actually have to be from Columbus to get the V before your name? Like the Bruce Hooley and the Ohio State University. Is that what it takes? Well, as long as you don't hate on the Buckeyes. Okay, how's the? We'll try it. The Bob France. Welcome to the Bruce Hooley Show. That's <laughs> a little bit better now. I, mean, I felt a little left out. I heard the D Bruce Hooley, and I know you are D Jack Windsor, and you've got a crowd of fans following you everywhere. So I, you know, I just want to know what the deal is. You got to be on Columbus Radio or be a Columbus icon to get a D. I just got to know the rules. Well, listen, we're going to grandfather you in. Uh, you are hereby deemed the Bob France. And that's how I'm going to refer to you that. from now on. I will take that, my friend. Thank you. I'm yeah. good, Jack. How are you, buddy? I'm super fantastic. Hey, important question. What NFL team made the best pick in the NFL draft? The Curveball. best pick in the draft? Yeah. You have any uh, thought on that? Man. Or you can tell no, me what your favorite really. dish is. I mean, it was one of the two. Um, what was the second question? Your favorite, your favorite food dish. It was either the NFL draft or the food dish. Oh, uh, lasagna. My mom's homemade lasagna. I tried to replicate that. I've been trying for 40 years to replicate my mom's lasagna, and I can't quite get it down, but I, I get it as close as I can. That's uh, my greatest my greatest food from childhood. Well, I know you weren't crazy about uh, the quarterback from the Ohio State University uh, going as high as he did. Your mind changed on that yet? No, I wasn't not crazy about it at all. I I, I was just a little bit stunned when they uh, when they revealed you know that uh, uh, I can't remember what the test score is or whatever. But I saw what the average was and I saw what the elite performers did on it, and then I saw what CJ did, and I said, wait a minute, that because he sure didn't play like he doesn't read defenses or make quick decisions. Right. But that test. It wasn't the Wonderlick. It was a different thing that they give the quarterbacks. I can't remember what it was, but I remember he was very, very angry that it got out what his score was, and he said, here's my response to, the, to that score. Watch this, you know, and basically watch me and you'll see. Um, so I was really surprised to see that. But, no, in no way, shape, or form was I disappointed that he went as high as he did because he was, you know, arguably the best quarterback in the draft. Yeah, you know, I, I'm you biased. Know, I, I could have I gone 1A, 1B with him and, and uh, Bryce Young. Well, well, listen, I, we've got about four minutes, so we're going to dive into the meat of this. Uh, better late than Let's never. Hey, we talked yesterday. I said that this would go to the floor, get 62 votes or so. Man, I got lucky. Were you surprised that SJR2 <laughs> passed yesterday? Well, you know, I, I wasn't surprised because I did believe you. That's the reason I talked to you and reached out to you about this to say, hey, you know, what are your sources telling you? You're pretty dialed in about what kind of numbers we'd be looking at here. So, so when it came up with right on the number you said, I wasn't surprised. But I will say... I was nervous, and I had some anxiety and some butterflies in my stomach all the way up until I heard that final number, because um, because I've you know we've been let down far too many times. We meaning conservatives who um, who want to see things done the right way, and we want these representatives to do what their constituents want them to do. And um, after what we had seen with the Gang of Twenty Two and what Jason Stevens had been doing and saying leading up to this, I was very very anxious and nervous about it, Jack, until we actually saw the final vote. Yeah, I think that's well said. Um... And I, I agree with you from the vantage point of our, our listeners and readers. That, that was the same feedback I was getting. Uh, look, there were some Republicans who, who didn't get on board with it. Uh, Hillier, LeRae, Patton, Edwards, and others. Uh, what do you think this means for their, their futures? Now, obviously, Patton is, is, is terming out, but uh, what do you think this spells for them? 
Well, the hard thing is going to be, I talked on my program this morning to uh, Representative Gary Click and Representative Brian Stewart, and they both say, you know, we're still going to have to work with these guys, at least as long as they're there, uh, for, for other legislation, you know, backpack bills, Save Women's Sports Act, you know, these kinds of things, the Safe Act, all of these things are crucial and they have to get passed. And while it only takes 50 to get those things, you know, on, on four votes, you have to get them out of committees first. And some of these guys sit on committees that are very, very important. Um, so we're going to have to hope that, you know, there's some sway, swaying that can be done, some persuasion that can be done by some of the true conservatives that are in that house uh, on those committees to get those things done. Once those things are done, though, Jack, and these guys come up for re-election, I think they're going to regret ever having done what they did in this, uh, you know, uh, right from the beginning, going back to January 3rd with what they did in the uh, speaker's deal and some of the some of those who made decisions not to vote for this yesterday. Yeah, I think the primary was today. I think you're right. Um, I'm curious to see if Ohioans, like Americans, have a short-term memory issue. Uh, they, they remember it in the short term and long term, I guess, is the issue. Uh, it'll right. be interesting to see if, if this plays out uh, the way that it it certainly looks like it's going to. Now, you know, one of the things that I kind of surmised, the scuttlebutt was that, hey, Allison Russo, if you cross her, she's going to essentially try to come after Jason Stevens and say, hey, I've got 32. I only need 18 of your guys and gals to remove you. And then all of a sudden, he's kind of at the mercy of not only Russo, but Republicans. And so I kind of thought, well, listen, after this happens – doesn't it make him more pliable for Republicans? I'm hearing it the other way, that this might create such gridlock that few things will get done. You know, he has that priority list of 12 pieces of legislation. I don't think any of them have, have gotten over the finish line. Um, got about a minute and a half here. How do you think this will play out with respect to other pieces of legislation? Do you think this creates stalemate or do you think this makes uh, Jason Stevens uh, the guy at the mercy of the Republicans, the conservative Republicans? In you, the House? You, you know what I you know what I really hope, Jack, is I hope this kind of ends the partnership between Stevens and the Democrats. And if they are you know willing to threaten him in the ways that they are, as you just pointed out, <clears throat> saying that you know we can uh, gather together with eighteen of the Republicans and, and, and yank this from you and and, and declare uh, uh, you know uh, uh, the, you know the speakership vacant or whatever the language is. Uh, I hope it it makes Jason Stevens realize, you know, I was wrong to partner with them in the first place. Um, you know, they 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 gave me what I needed, and uh, they were, you know, I refused to uh, sell out this legislation and sell out unborn babies and everything else with this constitutional amendment issue. I hope it splits them back, or rather, brings Stevens back to the conservative side, and that maybe he'll be a little bit more amenable to the agenda that I, uh, you know, that that I think most Ohioans who gave that supermajority to the Republicans want them to. He's going to be accountable to somebody. It'll be interesting to see who who he will be accountable to. Um, Bob France, you are the Bob France now going yeah. forward ad infinitum. Thank you for uh, taking time out of your day to join us on The Bruce Hooley Show. God bless you, man. We'll talk to you again soon. Always a pleasure. Thanks, Jack. All right. We'll be back on the other side of this break. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.